What's going on there, youth pastors? Paul Turner here from the DiscipleProject.net and your host of the Youth Ministry Emotion Podcast, a podcast that wants to keep you motivated and your youth ministry moving forward. How are you today? What is going on in your world? Lots of things happening between Lent, Easter coming up, March Madness, all the things are, are happening in the spring. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all the good things that are happening. Busy week for me. Well, it's a busy month, really. I have uh, Winter Jam. I feel like Winter Jam. Winter Jam's, you know, where I have all this uh, artists come into one place for a big show. I'm excited for it. Uh, we got We the Kingdom. We got Andy Minio, and my favorite, Disciple. Uh, I'm excited to see them. Have not seen them in concert in a long time, and they're gonna rip my face off. And I can't, I can't wait for it. I'm sorry. I am 55 years old, and I still like having my face ripped off by some great Christian rock. So that's how I roll here. And let's see what else I got going. On. I got the, I got a luau at the end of the month. We, uh, we go every other month. We have a meal together. And uh, this particular month is going to be Luau. And the other months in between there, we do youth-led nights. And so we're going to start working towards April. In April, we're going to be actually doing the Wednesday night service for our adults. And so we will have something to work on every week, whether that's a skit or music or whatever it is uh, that the students are going to come up with. Uh, hopefully it'll be, be something not so scary, uh, but they'll come up with some things and uh, I got some skits in mind I can tell them about and see what their thoughts on that. But I'm going to let them kind of lead the way and I think it's a, an awesome opportunity to minister to the adult congregation, uh, you know, and just uh, let them know, hey, we're here and we're here to serve you. And that's uh, that's one of my goals. That's part of our discipleship process is uh, getting students to serve and to be a part. I'm excited about today's episode. We're going to talk about deconvoluting. It's a big word, I know. I only I only learned it the other day. <laughs> I'm reading this article that I'm going to share. But uh, deconvoluting uh, discipleship in the church. And I'll get into all what is convoluting the discipleship in the church, uh, according to the article. Before I get into that, though, I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by the Disciple Project Store. That's right. My store has uh, bunches and bunches and bunches of youth ministry resources. And uh, I want to tell you about the Easter bundle that I have. If you've not prepared for Easter yet, it has lots of good things. It's got some series in there. It has uh, several uh, individual messages you can use. It's got prayer stations. It even has something for St. Patrick's Day if you want. Uh, it's got a brand new lesson I, I just dropped in there called Where Would I Be? And also it has uh, some responsive readings. And so uh, if you are still needing resources uh, to prep and get ready for Easter, I think there's enough in here to get you going. In fact, you probably won't use all of them. You'll have some left over for next year. So go ahead and grab yourself a bundle of Easter. It's got some Lent resources in there as well. So I will drop a link down in the show notes. And don't forget, when you purchase something from me, you are supporting this ministry. You're supporting this podcast. And uh, you notice that I don't read a whole lot of other ads like for Audible and other things. Uh, this is not, uh, you know, some massive way for me to make money. Uh, but if, if you want to support the work that I'm doing, go ahead and purchase something. It doesn't have to be the Easter bundle. It could be anything once you look at the store and see everything it has to offer. But anyway, any purchase you make does go to support the ministry, and I surely do appreciate it. And one more thing before we jump into today's topic, I would like to invite you 
to join the new Youth Ministry in Motion Discord server. That's right. And if you are interested in talking about the episodes or you're looking for resources, uh, one thing that Discord offers that Facebook does not is it gives you certain topics that you can jump into those channels and talk with people that are interested in the same thing. So if you want to discuss an episode here from the podcast, well, there's a channel for that. If you want to talk about looking for resources and something you're looking for, they're very specific, and then you can jump into the one that you want, ignore the others, and just talk with people who are looking for the very same things. So I'm going to put a link down in the show notes to that. We'd love to see you over there and be sure to tell me you heard about it on the podcast. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into today's topic, which is about deconvoluting discipleship. And so I should start off with what the word convoluting means. Convoluting means to make complex and difficult to follow. If I asked you what your discipleship process for students, could you explain it to me? Could you show me a, a start or a beginning or, or the process? Could you tell me your discipleship process for your church? Is it program? Is it classes? Is it relationships? All of those things. If, if we can't, as youth pastors and as pastors of churches, if we can't describe what our discipleship process looks like, well, it's quite possible that it's <laughs> that it's convoluted. And so we're going to hopefully today talk about deconvoluting the actual process. Now, the one of the things that gets in the way that convolutes the discipleship process is our incessant desire for numbers, right? And I'm sure you're asked about those numbers, uh, maybe frequently, maybe not as frequently as I think, but often maybe. And are numbers important? Sure, they're important. Are they the only metric we should be looking at to determine whether our youth ministry is successful? No. Then why do youth ministries and churches still seem to be hyper-focused on how many kids come to youth versus how many kids are following Jesus? Now, let's be honest. This obsession with numbers is not driven by youth pastors. They're really driven by pastors and boards who spend time crunching numbers to ensure the church is solvent. And listen, I'm not against churches being solvent. I'm not against churches making sure that, you know, things are are properly moving forward so the church can do what it's supposed to do. The problem is that when we get hyper-focused on the measurements, on the numbers, we kind of mess things up. We lose sight of things. Now, listen, on the other hand, there's a lot of youth pastors that if they had their way, they wouldn't pay attention to the numbers at all. They'd be happy with 10 kids showing up every week. And there are also youth pastors who are driven by the numbers themselves because their ego is attached to it. And and so they need a full room. They need constant numbers flowing in to validate who they are. So numbers are effective in one way and ineffective in another way, especially when it comes to the discipleship process. And there has to be a median between going to the highways and hedges and compel them to come in and the us for no more. See, my concern is that churches have adopted the same metrics of likes, viewer counts, and shares that the world uses to gauge success, and that certainly will convolute the discipleship process. My concern is, is that questions about making disciples has become secondary to how well the church's TikTok account is doing. Science writer Casey Cole used a new word to me in an article she wrote called The End of Grading. The word is deconvolute, and she uses it in relationship to how being hyper-focused on measurements 
actually gets in the way of what you're trying to find out. She says, the true cost, however, is more than irritation. Misunderstanding measurement misunderstands understanding itself. The ubiquitous, incessant surveying smothers knowledge with noise, drowns out the information we actually need for finding out how things work, what's going on, what we're doing, and what actually matters. In fact, she gives a great example here from the uh, CEO of Mattel, the toy company. The CEO blamed the slump that they were having at Mattel on creative doldrums, and he attributed it to a fixation on the numbers. The company was being driven by spreadsheets and checklists. We weren't really asking ourselves, are we making good toys? And let me just say, look, slow clap okay for that if you missed the comparison allow me to rephrase it uh, as if a pastor were saying it we were so fixated on numbers whether everyone was happy and if we were in line with the latest polls we forgot to ask ourselves are we even taking up the call to make disciples so paul are you saying that we should throw away all the data and measurement tools when it comes to youth ministry of course not the Bible gives us clear standards and measurements when it comes to discipleship. In my book, The Disciple Project, I offer five scriptural measurements for those who would call themselves followers of Christ, and they're straight out of the mouth of Jesus. The first one is love, right? A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And then the measurement for that is through sacrifice because love involves sacrifice. The second one is humility. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything, you cannot be my disciples. Luke 14, 33, measured through surrender. The third value that I offer is holiness. And then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Matthew 16, 24, measured through separation. The fourth measurement for discipleship is persistence. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, John 8, 31. And that's measured through study. It's not about getting it all right. It's not, about, it's not about getting it perfect. It's about persistence to study to know what you need to know to follow Jesus. And then the last one is progress. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples, John 15, 8. And that's about practice. Daily practice brings progress. By all means, let's measure, but let's measure correctly. Let's measure scripturally. Let's not let the the essence of relational discipleship be convoluted by hyper-focusing on the measuring tools, digital or otherwise. You have kids showing up every week who are not numbers. They are real kids with real problems that need real solutions and a real Jesus. They're not one of a hundred or one of ten. They are one of one, unique and worthy of your time and attention and deserving of a biblical call to follow Christ. Don't let numbers convolute your process. Yes, understand them. Yes, count. Yes, all those things. But don't let Instagram likes or TikTok views or Instagram real uh, comments, don't let those things stand in the way of relational discipleship. Don't let anything convolute the process to take a student from a nominal student who comes to youth group 
into a lifetime follower of Jesus. And that's it for today, Youth Workers. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. If you did and you're interested in jumping into that Discord, why not go over there and talk about it over there? I'll have today's episode channel open. You can talk about those things over there. And if no one has told you lately that you're doing a good job, well, let me tell you, you're doing a good job and you're only going to get better. And I'll catch you guys in the next episode.